on fear of the end times. End time fear. Okay, I'm sure that if all of us were honest and not just being super spiritual, we have to say that as you see what's happening in this country, if you don't have just a little tiny bit of fear of what's happening, then you're probably lying. Okay, because I would say that we all, as we're, you know, as you look at what's happening with the, around the world, if you don't have any fear at all, you're either one totally unaware, or two you're lying. So I wanted to minister specifically on fear of the end times, and it, it turns out good. Okay, but I just want to encourage you this morning that we're on the winning side. Amen. Some of these things that happened, you know, we've looked at the last two years. Actually, we can go past and just look at what uh, everything that's happened since Donald Trump got in. And everything has been necessary to peel back the layers so we can really see what's going on in this country. So even though it's been bad, it's been good because God is, God is in control of it all. How many of us trusted our, poli our political leaders? Uh, you know, and now you don't know who to trust. Doesn't matter if they have a D or an R next to them. But some of the R's have been just as devious as the D's, amen? So we don't know who to trust, but we know that our trust is in God. But it gets pretty scary when you start thinking about food shortages and you know, possible electronic wipeout of the electric of the electric grill and, you know, cars that have a kill switch on it that the government can control. You know, you start thinking about everything and you go, Lord, there's no place to hide in this. There's no place to hide. You can't run out in the woods and they would recognize you. They could send a drone after you. I mean, all these things that you could say sound ridiculous, it's true. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a wall of fire around us. And we're not going to, we, we can't die until God says. And we're going to endure. Because when you read in the Old Testament about famines, they had famines back then. Somehow the saints made it. Somehow some sinners made it. They sent Elijah to a widow woman. Why didn't they send him to the evangelist who said, well, if you put $1,000 in, we'll give you $10,000. They sent him to somebody who has some faith. Widow women have to have faith. Amen? They have to have faith. So we have to have faith, but we also have to have obedience. I mean, you've got to look around this morning in this congregation and say, who in their right mind would put another service we're so tiny, you know, why do we need another service? Obedience. It's obedience. That's why we're here on Wednesday morning is obedience. You can say, well, you know, if there's not a lot of people. Maybe we should cut back on services. We're not cutting back. I've got news for you. We're not cutting out services. We're going forward because people need to hear the word in these end times. If they don't show up, that's on them, not on us. We've done our part. Amen. I don't mean that like, you know, if they don't show up, because I know a lot of our people are sick. So I don't mean like if they don't come in, you know, infecting all of us with their germs. I don't want to be sick, so I'm glad that they're away if they're infectious or they can't make it or whatever. 
But we're doing what God has told us to do. We're not cutting out services. I don't care. Sometimes it's been me and, and Pastor Clarence and Doris. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's all it's been. Or sometimes it's just been me and Pastor Clarence. And sometimes the cat, if he kind of wanders in. <laughs> but it's obedience to the word of God that's going to get us through. We have to have faith, but we must have obedience. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever leans on trusts in and puts confidence in the Lord is safe and on high. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 10, you know, he says, you know, the signs when, you, when it, there's a storm coming, I mean, we know there's a storm coming today later on. How do you know that? I mean, you don't need CBS to tell you there's a storm coming. Look outside and you can see that there's clouds in the sky. We don't need to know that there's, a, we know there's, a, there's something happening in the spiritual because we see what's happening in, in the natural. Everything's in chaos. There's, there's no order anywhere. Wrong is right and right is wrong. It's enough to make you be, become fearful. But it says in Proverbs 129, it says, Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord, would accept none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. So there's a key there. They hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. We have to have respect for the Lord. We have to fear the Lord. It says in Psalm 34, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My life makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble and afflicted hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and, in, and required him of necessity and on the authority of his word. And he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. So there's a lot of keys in there. We have to bless the Lord. We have to magnify him. His praise has to continually be on our mouth. It brings you to a place when you're praising the Lord. It brings you to a place where you can see. See, there's a wall of fire around us right now. We don't see that. But there's a wall of protection. I love it in the, in the Gospels where Jesus just walked through the crowd. I said, how cool is that, Lord? If it's not our time, we're just going to walk through the crowd. Our church is just going to kind of slip through. Do you believe it? Amen. I believe it. But if there's something that's necessary, then we won't walk through the crowd. Because maybe somebody in that crowd, maybe their salvation depends on us. See, we don't know. God sees the big picture. God sees everything. And what he's more concerned with than our comfort is somebody's salvation and their eternal their eternal life. We've already passed from death to life. We're already supposed to be dead. I mean, it's a process. Amen? I'm sure we're further along the line than what we were when we first started. But it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we don't have to fear the impending event. You can't save up enough beans and rice. You can't store up enough for what's coming. 
you can plan. And I listen, I'm not against storing up. We have a storehouse. We have a little bit stored up just in case. But it's not going to be enough. I mean, we've considered I, we've considered a garden, and I said, well, if things get desperate enough, you're not, a garden's not going to do you any good because people are going to break in and steal that too. So you know, sometimes your plans aren't—they just don't fall through. What do you have to trust in? Yes, store up the extra can of beans. So store up what you think is necessary without getting into fear. Once you start getting into fear, then you need to stop. But there's nothing wrong with it. But all I'm telling you is you're not going to be able to store up enough for what's coming. But if we have faith, then we can believe what we stored up is going to be more than enough. Amen? But we have to have faith with it. Don't just store up in fear. Don't be fearful. Now it says in Psalm 34, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. But if you go down further, it says that young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord by right of their need and the authority of the word, none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. And lack means to be destitute, needy, lack, made sub poor. Magnify means to amplify. So we want to magnify the Lord. And we won't suffer lack. Now, are we going to get everything we want? Probably not. And we might be in a prison somewhere, and those little bugs that I hate so much might turn out to be one of the biggest blessings for me. We don't know. Amen? And I'm saying that facetiously, because I still don't like bugs. But the Lord wants you to magnify your fear and minimize God. He wants you to look at what you lack which fear is just basically lacking faith. He wants you to look at what you don't have and how scared you are and looking at your bank account. And how, how many of you know when the money system fails, it doesn't matter how much money you have? It's going to fail whether you have 100000 or whether you have a dollar. It's not going to be worth anything. And some of these things just crack me up. It, you know, with... The money is going to, you know, because I sat under so much bad theology for so long, you know, well, you know, the money's going to come, money cometh, and it's going to flow through, and the pipeline's got to get wet. Well, if the money's not worth anything, why, you know, maybe we can use it for milk paper or something at some point. So we shouldn't be storing up money, we should be studying and storing up our faith and getting our foundation in order. And this is why we've had Wednesday morning church, and we're not going to eliminate Sunday nights or Wednesday nights. Because we believe in what God says. We believe to meet as often, and he says, as you see the day approaching, even more. Why? Because you build courage. You build, you, you build a, a solid foundation. Hopefully... When you come to church, you walk out better and more more prepared than when you came in. Amen? Amen? And I realize some of you can't make it, but you're watching by, by live stream. But fear can paralyze you so that you become unable to act on your own behalf. You can become so paralyzed that you just say, well, 
I, I see the bad things coming. I, I just don't want. I just can't deal with it. I just, I just can't deal with it. Whatever happens, God knows. Well, God needs us to prepare. If you're afraid, say you're afraid. Get it out in the open. The last thing that the devil wants is for you to to say it out in the open. I'm afraid of what's coming. Because once you get it out, then you can deal with it. If you hide things, you can't deal with what's going on. Fear can put you in such a frame of mind that you hide when things get too hard. Fear can cause you to make a wrong decision because you're afraid. Have you ever been pressured by a used car salesman? Or, or some kind of a house, or see, so you have to make a big decision. They're saying, well, you better do it now. You know, you better do it now. You better do it now. And it's like, no, wait, I've got to wait. Don't get pressured by fear. Don't get pressured because you think that something bad is going to happen, so you go and do something foolish. Just listen to God. God is directing this whole thing. What's he doing right now? God is trying to get people, he's trying to get the backslider back into church. He's trying to get those who are lukewarm on fire. I mean, these events aren't just happening for the sake of happening. God's not cruel. God's not trying to destroy our lives. He's trying to get other people into the kingdom. Why? Because we've already passed from death to life. And he wants others to pass from death to life. Some people need a good shaking. Amen? Some backslider needs a good shaking. Return to your first love. That's what the message is all around the world right now, is return to your first love. Don't you just love those Canadian truckers? I've seen them pray in the, in the restaurant. I've seen them praying. That's a God thing. It's just amazing to me what God is doing in the midst of a horrible situation in this world. You've got these brave men and women stepping up to the plate that are trying to do something. And they're helping people. Amen? I mean, it's just amazing to me. So we don't want to be fearful. God says in Psalm 24, 1 through 5, In case you forgot... The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart and has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. <clears throat> the earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. It doesn't belong to the devil. The earth is the Lord's. You don't belong to the devil. Don't be a victim. Don't fall victim to the devil. Don't submit. See, we have a choice. We can submit to the devil. James says submit to God. But we can submit to depression, anxiety, fear, sickness, disease. We can submit our emotions to hatred. We can submit. That's our choice. God gave us a free will so we're not walking around like robots. 
He says in Hebrews 6, he said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you, give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Assuredly not. So we take comfort and encourage and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not be fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? Well, let's look in Matthew 10 and 24. The disciple is not above his master. This is Jesus talking, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? And they did call Jesus a devil, didn't they? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. We're in that right now. Nothing is being hid. Everybody's motives are being uncovered in the church world, in the political world, in the natural world. Everybody's motive is being uncovered right now. And he said, fear not. It's got to happen. Why? So we know who we can trust and who we can't. Amen? What I tell you in darkness or in prayer, that speak you in the light. And what you hear in the ear, what the Spirit reveals, that you preach upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. So what if they kill you? I mean, really? We're, there's the doorway. We're, we're right at the door. All, the door of eternity is right here. And if they kill you, you just open the door and you go through. Fear not them which are able to kill the body or not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. That's who you should fear. Fear the Lord. Don't fear these men. Don't you ever think about it? I think about some of these evil people, and I say, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes for one second. Because, why? Because we're all next to that door of eternity. Every single one of us. Their money, their corruption, can't buy one minute of time here. Their, their, their doom has already been sealed. So why should we fear them? We know whose side they're on. Amen? Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear you not, therefore, you are more of more value than the sparrows, than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him I will also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. So he says, don't be afraid. Don't let fear rule your life. Fear seeks to magnify lack, what you lack, and paint a picture of personal injury, ridicule, and loneliness. But if you feel capable, full, protected, and righteous, then you're going to act differently than if you feel like you're lacking in something. 
Only if we're very sure of our righteousness in this last hour will we stand. We've got to be sure that our God is who he says he is. Amen? We've got to be sure that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we look back at Adam in Genesis 3, 8 through 11, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Well, what was Adam afraid of? Well, he knew he did wrong, but he also lacked cover and protection, so he was afraid. He lacked confidence in God. His thoughts became perverted, and now he thought God was his enemy. See, that's why I'm saying lack. If we perceive that we lack protection, if we perceive that we're lacking in something, then we're going to hide from God, or we're going to start blaming God and say, God, why did you do this? We have to get to the point where we don't mind transparency. We've got to be transparent when we have a problem and not hide it. Total openness means that fear, although it is present, can't control you. Okay? If you're fearful and you hide it and you try to act spiritual, then fear is controlling you. Don't be super spiritual. If you're afraid, just say it. Personally, I'm afraid. This is why I have this message today. I'm not like a craving fear. I'm not like not sleeping at night and you know going down to the gun range and getting ammunition and building a shelter underneath the church. No, I've got, I think what I think is a healthy fear of what's going on. Amen? It says in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp around me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, even then in this I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that I will seek, inquire for and insistently require that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life to behold and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will hide me in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent will he hide me. He will set me high upon a rock. That's why when you're afraid, get into the Psalms and start reading just start reading, and you could say, oh, Lord. You know, he said that he will hide us. He said he will take care of us. Amen? And no one can take your life. Jesus laid down his life for us. Nobody could take it from him. Do you realize that? Jesus had total control and command over his life. Just made the devil mad. All throughout the um, epistles, listen what he said in John 10, 14 through 18. He said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and have known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so I am the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, 
Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. He has power to lay it down and power to take it up again. And that was the resurrection. But he's given us the same power. No man takes my life. When it's time, I'll give it up. But I'm not laying it down for the devil. Jesus, and when Jesus died on the cross, he bore the penalty of our sins, separation from God the Father, and death on the cross. And he willingly did it. He laid down his life. And the devil thought he had Jesus and could finally get rid of him when they arrested him in the garden. Remember, he said, I am he, and they all fell backwards because of the power. Well, if that wasn't Jesus' time, he would have just walked right through. But the Father said, it's time, take this cup. And in that cup was the penalty of our sins, separation from God the Father, death on the cross, the final the final defeat of the devil. I don't personally think the devil cared when Jesus died. I really don't think he cared. I think he just wanted him dead. I think he wanted him out of the way. He wanted to get rid of him. And, and the beatings, the abuse that Jesus endured, the crown of thorns on his head, it didn't kill him, and it would have killed an ordinary man. Why didn't it kill Jesus? Because Jesus had the power to lay down his life. I was, I've been thinking about this for two weeks, and it just utterly amazed me. And I could see the rage of the, the, the demons when they were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And all the time, God the Father's up there, and God doesn't like it, because that's his son Jesus being reviled and beaten and everything else. But God said, there's a plan. And they're falling right into my hands. See, the devil's always a stooge. How do I know that? Because he's already been defeated. God uses him. God uses him. He's a stooge. He was a stooge at the crucifixion. He would have loved it if those beatings... Do you think he wanted to crucify Christ? He didn't want it to get that far. I truly believe that the beatings and the crown of thorns and everything else that was done leading up to that, that if Jesus had died then, he would have been fine with it. Just He wanted to kill him all the way around. He wanted to kill him when he was a baby, but it wasn't time. And it just amazed me that the beating that he gave would have killed anybody else. And then when he thrust that crown of thorns in his head, that would have killed you or I if that had happened. It didn't for Jesus. Why? Because he had power to lay down his life. And if you ever get in a position where you're being brutally abused, just remember, you have the power. And if it's your time, just give it up. But he beat him, and he put the crowns of thorns on his head. And then he made him walk through the streets. But it wasn't time yet. Jesus had to get to the cross. He knew what his mission was. And he just laid down his life. That's why it was a total and utter defeat for the devil. Mm -hmm. The devil thought when he arrested him, now, now I got him. Now I got him. 
And then Jesus in his mind is thinking, yeah, you got me. I got you, buddy. But the devil didn't know that. See, I didn't if the devil knew. And it says that in Corinthians. If the devil knew what he was doing, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. He'd have just left him alone. No man took his life. When he was on the cross and everything that he needed to do was accomplished, then he said it was finished. It is finished. And then he gave up his life. And that's how we can be. When it's done, we just say, it is finished, Lord. It doesn't matter what the, the beatings, the whatever they have, whatever is in store for each of us, we don't know at this end time. But we can say, it is finished. When we're done, walk through the door, and there we are into eternity. And in the meantime, because we've endured what we've had to endure, maybe we're taking some other person with us. But we don't know. We just don't know. And so that's why we have to change our mind and get out of fear, get into faith over these end times. My life is not my own. Your life isn't your own either. We were bought with a price. So I'm ready to do whatever needs to be. Amen? We don't have to fear because now we see a bigger plan. It says in Isaiah 50, these are just such awesome scriptures. It says, Isaiah 56 through 11, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off my hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore I have set my face like a flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed. We have to set our faces like a flint on the Lord. He who he is near that justifies me, who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they shall all wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. Who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant, that walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. And now here's a warning in this verse. Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and the sparks that you have kindled. Kindled. This that you shall have out of my hand, you shall lie down in sorrow. So those that devise the plan, those that devise the plots, they're the ones that should be running to the Lord in fear. Those are the ones that should fear. The, with the evil going on, those are the ones that should fear. The ones that have the power and the money right now, those are the ones that should fear. If they ever make it to that part in Revelation, it says the rocks, they'll, they'll, they'll cry to God to be killed. But they won't die. In Isaiah 51, 12 through 16, it says, I, even I, am he that comforts you. Who art thou that thou should be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the son of man which shall be made of grass? And that's God talking to us. Why are you afraid of a man? And forget the Lord thy maker, 
that it stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy? And where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile hastened that he may be loosed, and he, that he should not die in the pit, nor have his bread should fail. But I am the Lord thy God that divides the seas, whose waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name, and I have put my words in your mouth, and I have covered you in the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth, and say unto Zion, You are my people. God's divine protection is upon all of us if we just dare to believe and obey what he says to. God is still in control of this earth no matter what is happening. There's just a shaking. He's trying to call the sinner. He's trying to call the backslidden. He's trying to call the lukewarm. He's telling them time is short. We belong to God. We don't have to let the devil steal our lives from us. We have passed from death to life already. The devil has no control whatsoever over our lives. He has no control over our lives. Get that in your head. The devil has no control over his life, over our lives. God is in control. God is in control. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we say, yeah, but we look at everything. Well, stop looking at that. God is in control. Amen? God is in control. We know, 1 John 3, 13-16, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And we, shall, we know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we that we... We the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But we lay them down, we don't submit. Amen? We have the power, just as Jesus had the power. Romans 8, 16-14 For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So then they that are not in the flesh cannot please God. Amen? But that is shaking going on. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of, the, of God dwell in you. Now if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none. So God shaken. He's getting people that, you know, all these false prophets, all these things that have said, all these things that, you know, America is going to be blessed, America is going to do this, got shaken, and he's shaken, and he's trying to get their attention, because they're right at the door of eternity, and they don't even know. They don't even know. I mean, this life is but a blip. It's eternity that God's concerned about. He'll do whatever it takes to get somebody's attention. It said, Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Amen? Amen. We're alive because we have the Spirit of God in us. 
But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as live by of the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Dead in your mortal body. Amen? We are led by the Holy Spirit. We belong to God. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us that's going to help us in this last days. Amen? Psalm 41 through 8. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard me cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock established my goings. And he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that makes the Lord his trust and respects not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears have you opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you have not required. Then I said, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. He put a new song in my heart. A hymn of praise unto our God. We have to sing that new song in our heart. We have to get a praise in our heart. Be witnesses of God's keeping power. Don't fear. It says the thief in John 10.10 cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Preach the word. Don't be afraid of the last times. Amen. We pass from death to life. We're not to fear. We're just to keep going. And when it's time, we'll lay down our lives. Amen? I don't want to live a minute past what I'm supposed to here. I'm ready. My hand is on the door. Not that I'm anxious. I'm not that anxious to go. I still want to. There's still some things I'd like to do. I'd like to finish some things and see some things through. But when it's my time, I'm not going to kick and scream here. I'm going to open that door and I'm going to go through. How about you? But I'm going to go through in victory. Yes. Amen. That's why we have a victorious life class. Because we're going to have victory in every area. And we're going to take people with us. Amen. 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 God's a good God. Let's just give him praise. Amen. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. You can go have the piano. We're good. We just thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, you're just. we just magnify you. We just magnify you and your goodness. Father, where we've been afraid, Lord, we just we confess that fear, Father. And we just thank you for the faith in the Son of God. And the faith that you said that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Father, that you are with us always. Lord, sow these things deep in our heart that we wouldn't forget. Father, that we not forget you. Father, that when the devil comes and tries to paint a picture of what, what's going to happen and it's going to hurt and 
all these things or our family's going to go to hell or whatever whatever fear thoughts we have, God, we just paint them over with the Lord. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? God, you promised us our households. We lift up every household to you. And Father, we thank you that by the Holy Spirit, you are dealing with each and every unsaved member. Father, you're showing them the plan of salvation. Father, you're stirring up those verses in their hearts that they know that they know that Jesus is Lord. Father, that they were there afraid. Father, they remember. Father, that you would put back to their remembrance the times that Jesus saved them and loved them and cared for them. And Father, we just thank you as, as we go forth today that there would be excitement in us. Father, that we would look forward instead of dread the day. And we just thank you, Father, that we know that you're in control of everything that's going on. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, the Word says God has not given us that spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. <laughs> See, the world thinks we're crazy, but we got a sound mind. They're the ones that's crazy because they don't have a sound mind. But God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Now, when, when, when the writer wrote that, that word fear also means timidity, uh, bashfulness.